M1 is the finance super app where you can invest, borrow, save, and spend all in one place. You set your strategy and they automate it for free in an easy to use app. M1 is making money management easier, smarter, and more automated than ever. If you're like me and you struggle to make time for investing or anything really, M1 is the best set it and forget it investing app I've ever used. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. So Vijay, first off, thank you for taking the time to jump on the show. I'm excited to learn about Tomorrow Health. I, uh, I want to preface this for the listeners by saying we've had a bunch of companies on the show and over the years, like in the health space, insurance space, and robotic uh, medical health care space. I don't like, I always felt myself as a young enough guy, not that you deal with older people, like, cause it clearly is anyone in rehab and it could be any age, but I never really thought about it. Like in-home care is like a thing. It wasn't certainly part of my brain. Now, as I get older and I have grandparents and so forth that are struggling in their home and watching part of my family more or less fall apart, arguing about who takes care of who, how, this is becoming like a a far more, uh, I don't know, obvious problem to me. So I'm excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more. Likewise, Scott, it's great to be on here. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. So, uh, excited <laughs> to spend some time here. Amazing. So let's, let's start off with at, at the top. What is tomorrow health? Our vision at tomorrow health is to restore the home as a patient's primary place of care. Uh, and we do so, uh, as a marketplace to coordinate the breadth of medical equipment, supplies, and clinical services that patients need to heal at home. Uh, and so for patients that uh, maybe recovering um, from uh, an episode in a hospital, whether it's a surgery or recovering from COVID, for example, uh, or just managing ongoing chronic conditions, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. Uh, we enable them to, to manage that from the comfort of their homes. As a young kid, so I'm born in 1984, so I'm 38. I remember seeing grandparents, like with people attending them in our house, and it was like you go to the hospital and Pretty much if you're going to the hospital at that age, you weren't coming home. Like that sounds terrible, but it was the way it was. It was very common to like do care in the house. Like you'd have great grandma in the bedroom on the first floor and people would care for them and, and all this stuff. And then I'm not going to say that our generations got lazier. I think we got busier. I think we did get lazier. Uh, I think there's also just a kind of a different dynamic in the home now as far as like how we, how we look at like, treating and caring for others. Like I think kids and things going to rehab, sending them to Atletico and things like that just became sort of like an easy way to deburden ourselves. And now I think COVID certainly plays a big hand in this. And I'm, I'm curious the impact of COVID on your business as well, beyond COVID patients, like the actual impact of, we don't want to go to the hospital because bad things can happen. Uh, we'll get into that. But like, I, I just wonder if post COVID, people have started to take another look at this and the concept and also growing healthcare costs, the concept of trying to treat people and care for them, rehab, uh, extended life care, whatever you want to call it, um, is maybe a good idea to bring it back to the house. Like maybe not everyone should go to a home or a rehab facility unless it's like a, a maybe a, a more 
extreme condition. From what I know, you're offering a pretty tremendous value prop because I, I think a normal person trying to figure out what equipment they need for their home and how it would work and install and prices and making sure that they're not getting ripped off. Like, I don't know even where to start and I'm, I'm decently well-read. So yeah. the yeah. idea of a regular person doing this seems hey, impossible. To highlight two things you said, Scott, I think first is if you date back in U.S. healthcare, back to the 1940s, 1950s, the vast majority of care happened at home. Right. Um, you know, you had doctors coming to your home, managing, uh, you know, any conditions you had at your bedside. Uh, it was a much more personalized level of care in many ways, right? And we now have an ecosystem where that's not the case, right? You know, when people are sick, they have to get in their car, drive, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, uh, go to a place where all of the sick people are now congregated and uh, have to then, you know, wait. Uh, in an appointment room for 45 minutes, or, or in some cases, a couple of hours, get seen by a physician for five to seven minutes, um, and then get bounced around in many cases through the healthcare system to a pharmacy to pick up their drugs or, you know, another specialist physician or to go get a lab test or an MRI or whatnot. Um, and, uh, and then through, through all of this, they're able to, to, to then eventually come back home. And the reality is, um, that ecosystem and the way that it's developed uh, was not done with patients in mind, right? Um, no, clearly you know, without, not. W without getting into you know, kind of too much of the history of the industry, a lot of it developed that way because you, know, you had expensive capital equipment that got developed like MRI machines, the way that the insurance ecosystem was created to you know, cover more care in, in hospital settings. You also had a ton of industry consolidation, mergers and acquisitions of hospital systems that created these, you know, really significant and large uh, healthcare enterprises that, you know, owned uh, a huge chunk of, of, of care delivery in the U.S. And so the epicenter shifted, you know, from the home uh, to the hospital. But again, it's, uh, it's not what patients wanted, nor is it what's best for patients, right? Today, you know, we live at a time when 90% of senior citizens want to age in place. The home is also the highest value setting of care. Uh, you know, at a time when uh, healthcare costs are the leading cause of personal bankruptcy in the U.S., you know, getting care at home is less than one-tenth the cost of getting care in the hospital. And then there's no question COVID showed us um, that that's where uh, people want to be once, you know, we demonstrated to folks that, you know, they could get that care from the comfort of their homes. That's how they want it, whether it is, you know, medical equipment, supplies or services being delivered to their homes, whether it's telemedicine and virtual care, it is much easier, simpler and, and more affordable. So that's the first thing, you know, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, the home is where healthcare used to be. And, and that's what we're really aiming to restore. And uh, I think the second piece of it is, you know, too often we've thought of the home as what's called in healthcare a post-acute setting. So an acute setting is you go to the hospital, you get surgery, uh, something happens, and then you get home and you finish your recovery at home. Right. We're actually trying to, to change that such that the home can be pre-acute. You can get the care that you need. You can get the medications, the services, the equipment from the comfort of your home, and you never have to go to the hospital in the first place. And that's ultimately the, the type of shift we're aiming to drive in the system. But as you noted at the end, uh, it is incredibly hard to navigate and coordinate. 
And, you know, that is ultimately what inspired me to, to start Tomorrow Elf in the first place, um, was going through an experience like that with my mother. So my mom was a stage three cancer patient, fortunately is doing well now and in remission, but had a really tough journey through it. She spent about four months inpatient in the ICU battling a lung disease um, that stemmed from her, her chemotherapy treatments, three months on a ventilator and coming home from that needed a year of very intensive home-based healthcare. Everything from 14 liters of oxygen to ostomy and wound care supplies, mobility and respiratory equipment, physical and respiratory therapy. And just like you noted, uh, you know, candidly, we didn't know where to start. And that is despite growing up in a family of physicians, that's despite me being in healthcare myself, uh, it was just so, so difficult and complex. You know, we were guided to work with nearly a dozen different home-based care providers. I was driving out to smaller mom and pop shops uh, with medical equipment scattered everywhere. I, you know, I have a prescription for a CPAP machine that just said CPAP on it. Turns out there's <laughs> two dozen types of CPAP machines. Take your pick. Yeah, Whatever you CO want. COPD needs is very different than sleep apnea and yet no guidance to navigate that process. And unfortunately in our case, due to, you know, the lack of reliability and efficiency, it took six weeks to get everything we needed. And over the course of that time, we ended up having to readmit her back to the hospital twice in that first month. So just incredibly eye-opening, disruptive to her care and really laying bare all these cracks in the home-based care ecosystem. And so, you know, ultimately in a nutshell, uh, it's so much of what inspired me to build the company to both enable the home to be restored as a patient's primary place of care, but also to provide the resources, uh, the coordination and the support to enable patients to have care at home in a way that is seamless and reliable. I don't think there's any argument or any science, math, research, survey, whatever you want to throw that points to people being happier in a hospital. I don't mean to make light of this, but like I've been in the hospital enough times. The experience is, well, sometimes the food is good. I'm not going to lie. The Northwestern hospital has a, a monopoly on the most delicious croissant, egg and cheese, bacon, croissant breakfast sandwich that there is on the planet. I'll go, I'll break a leg to go get it, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of DMV experience going on. Oh, yeah. For those of you getting the DMV experience, uh, getting your license, you know what I'm talking about. I had a conversation with Capsule founder Eric Anisiwala, like not yeah. long ago. It's totally different, but it's similar. In that, like, he was like, I was caring for someone in my family, and I had to go from like pharmacy to pharmacy and stand there for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, walking around, walking around. It was like, what am I doing here? First yeah. off, like the time spend is just completely like lost. And then there's the idea that like I'm sick. And I'm standing in line with other sick people. Like my immune right. system is depressed, right? What, what am I doing here? Yeah. This just doesn't make any sense. And if you, if you think about like the business side of this, and there's a lot of analogy, I think, to education and why we're seeing problems in education and the student debt. I will not get into that. But like yeah. there's sort of this, you, you kind of walked us through it in a polite way. We've kind of built an assembly line in our hospital. Yeah. You just kind of go floor to floor to floor. And usually you just do your best to avoid the basement. Right. And right. like, I think a lot of that has to do with not being home. I think you start taking, you know, small children and having to have treatment in a hospital is incredibly damaging on the future of their development. You take older people who have been in a same place for 50 years and you tell them, I need you to give it your all and fight through this in a strange place with strange people that's cold and sterile. Yeah. 
and you expect a positive outcome. And I, and I think that's right. part of it. And I don't, I don't think that we've really taken that into account. And I think you are with this, even if it's indirectly. I mean, clearly with the traction you guys have and the investment dollars and the backing and so forth, like clearly you're onto something. For those occurrences where I, I feel like you're in that you know, high risk area, maybe you should still go to the hospital and make sure that in case something goes south, like you know, what's, what's needed is there. But I think for the vast majority of people, if you have the opportunity to remove the, the barrier, the challenges that you walked us through right. and use something like tomorrow health and have treatment in your house, you'd be kind of foolish not to do it. I, I think. At right. Least. Right. That's exactly the idea, Scott. And there will always be a role for hospitals to play. Oh course. yeah, for sure. Uh, for acute level care and uh, for surgeries, um, you know, as a place for which, um, you know, you can have uh, some of the most incredible medical advancements uh, that we that we do as a society. But for the majority of, of care that patients need, we believe that that recovery, you know, can and, and should happen at home. And you mentioned it a little bit of, you know, the immune system being challenged by just being in a place with a lot of sick people. And so no question, right? I, uh, you know, the second leading cause of, of death uh, in the U.S. is convalescent illness. So it's, yeah. it's, it's illnesses that, that people contract when they're in the hospital. Uh, and it's because it's really easy to get infections when you're in the hospital. My mother, unfortunately, during her four months in the ICU, uh, had over four infections from being in the hospital. And that's why you know, anyone will tell you, right? Not just patients, but any physician will tell you you know, their imperative when somebody is, is admitted to the hospital is to get them out as soon as you can. Obviously, when, when they are healthy enough and their, their transition plan is, is safe enough to enable it, but to get them out as soon as they can because you reduce that risk of, of infection and ultimately you get people recovering in the place where they want to be. And that's the other piece of it is, is mentally uh, being at home uh, just drives such remarkable benefits to a patient's recovery. They don't want to feel like a patient, uh, right. which is what happens when you're in, you know, that white, uh, long, you know, gown and it's, uh, you know, feels like it's 50 degrees in the room and, uh, and ultimately, you know, being back in the comfort of their homes really enables and accelerates that recovery. So that's a lot of what we focus on is not only streamlining the ecosystem around home-based care, but also facilitating those transitions of care. So, preventing delays in discharge from coming out of the hospital, preventing readmissions when patients need to go back into the hospital, and ultimately leveraging technology, streamlined processes, uh, and personalized service to make navigating care much more efficient and effective. If there is one thing that we stand for as a company, it's enabling patients to go home. Right, which is, I, I feel like that's a good one. If I'm playing in the healthcare space, one of my number one objectives would naturally be hopefully that you, you get to leave here. You know, and it's funny, this is like a byproduct of this, but it's, it's a serious conversation nonetheless. If you guys were successful in making, this is a huge range, but five to 20% of the people who spend their time in hospitals not be in the hospital, the ability yeah. to free up resources for those who need it in the hospital actually makes them more profitable. They have more people who go home healthy, which is the goal. And more people get to stay home and get out of the way and save money. Oh, by the way, if that happens, you guys are probably a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company, which is great for you and everyone behind you. So like the win, this is just reminds me, I, I like these marketplaces and have built a few not in this space myself because of this. I like that you can have success metrics that do one thing 
and customer outcome metrics, which do something else. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a tertiary market impact or network effect that actually helps everyone and, and no one's the wiser and they all sort of right. benefit, which I think is great. That's right. And, you know, ultimately we think about uh, the ecosystem that we're improving is being foresighted. Um, right. We work with health plans to coordinate and manage uh, home-based care for their members. We work with physicians and hospitals to uh, help them streamline the order ordering of home-based care and the transitions of home-based care to make that more efficient, more seamless. We work with home-based care providers, many of which uh, are smaller regional organizations or localized organizations that don't necessarily have the ability to invest in scalable technology or operations or processes to run their businesses more effectively and to deliver you know, higher outcomes, which is, is certainly what, what they intend to do. And so um, we enable them to streamline their operations. We enable them to deliver higher value care for patients. And then ultimately, the stakeholder that we strive the most to, to serve is the patients and the families that we're lucky enough to work with. Uh, our first value as a company is to fight like hell for patients. And you know, every week at our company-wide all hands, we start the meeting with, uh, by playing a recording of um, a call with one of our care advocates with one of the patients that we've served. And it just drives home for all of us why we do what we do and the direct impact that we can have. Because the reality is there are so many patients like my mother who are you know, transitioning care back to home, which is where they want to be. But they're very vulnerable at that moment. And um, it's so easy for them to fall through the cracks. And so to have that opportunity to, to support patients at that some of the most challenging moments of their care uh, and to streamline how that ecosystem works through technology and efficiency is, is really what brings us all in here every day and, and ultimately how we measure success. So I'm curious how you see this opportunity, you, you experience it firsthand. I'm curious, what's the gap that you saw that was like, oh, that's something that I can fill yeah. Like how, how did you piece together this concept of like, if we could get control of all of the medical equipment and providers, I think you obviously probably know the impact it has on the insurers and healthcare, like that part, I think the incentive is clear. The yeah. value prop to customer is clear, but there's like that, why didn't right. anyone do this? Right. You know, ultimately my path uh, here was really built upon a couple of, of different learnings. You know, I think the first was just seeing this firsthand with my mother and uh, and that's something that never really leaves you. You know, when right. you have those challenges firsthand, it never really leaves you. And, and you just really think about how many millions, tens of millions of patients and families are having a similar experience. And I had been working at the time at a company called Oscar Health, a technology forward health insurance company uh, that was really looking to streamline the health insurance that members had and, and enable them to more effectively access care. Um, and so I went went back to my role at Oscar. I had taken a couple months off uh, when my mother was sick and I was you know, in the hospital doing the night shift every night and uh, advocating with our panel of physicians. Um, but as she started to get better, I, you know, I went back to my role at Oscar. And interestingly, I saw the same challenges, but from the health insurance company's vantage point. Right. Every market that, that I was launching, we had to contract with you know, thousands of different providers, and we weren't able to really effectively coordinate uh, streamline care for our members. Uh, when I was leading our care management division, uh, an imperative of ours was to transition more care to the home. And uh, we just saw that 
the ecosystem was so fragmented and disjointed that more often than not, patients fell through the cracks. And while we, along with really every other stakeholder in the ecosystem, wanted more care at home, was incentivized and motivated to drive more care at home, the infrastructure to enable home-based care reliably and at scale was simply lacking. And uh, before I started the company, I, I spent nine months doing really robust market research. I sat with hundreds of hospital discharge managers clicking through their EMR to order home-based care. I talked to uh, hundreds and hundreds of patients and families, health insurance companies, distributors, home-based care providers. And what became clear is this ecosystem wasn't working for anyone. Um, and the inefficiencies throughout it were causing bottlenecks, delays, and ineffective care and operations for all stakeholders, right? And so um, that was the first realization is, you know, this is a multi-pronged challenge. And uh, while this, the, the problem became even more palpable, it was clear that the solution was actually a fairly complex one. And, and that's ultimately why we felt people hadn't been driving it because at the end of the day, you know, we are talking about a pretty complex set of operations. If you take the medical equipment and supplies place alone, there's over 100,000 products used. There's over 3,500 Medicare HCPCS billing codes. And there's variation in the plan benefit designs of thousands of different insurers. And so, you know, to collect the right clinical and administrative documentation to process, uh, you know, an order for a single wheelchair could you know, have 19 different permutations. And if it's not done the right way, uh, you know, that claim gets denied. And so um, ultimately we saw a problem that could be solved by technology, by building purpose-built software for each of these stakeholders. We could actually take a, an ecosystem that was so fragmented and disjointed and inefficient and actually streamline it, you know, on a common stack uh, that was taking the complexity of the industry and these operations and simplifying it on our back end, leveraging advanced data analytics and machine learning and uh, leveraging uh, technology enabled operations and logistics. And, you know, through that, we've been able to drive value for each of the stakeholders that we serve. And um, the outcomes have been really meaningful. Um, we streamline the time that it takes physicians and hospitals to facilitate transitions of care by over 70%. Um, we have enabled many of the home-based care suppliers to grow their businesses some you know, 200, 300% uh, while doing so with more efficient, more effective operations. And most of all, you know, we have been able to deliver an over 95 NPS score uh, across the breadth of patients that we've served. And, uh, and, and that's really what we come back to is delivering the quality of care and having a care experience that we'd all want for our family members. And I'm glad that you're doing it. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's one of those areas that, you know, <clears throat> there's probably a million people out there. Or there's more than that, that saw this and sees it and goes, Oh man, this sucks. There's just very few that I think in the, this happens in a lot of businesses that are just sort of walking through at the right time. They happen to have the con like this little convergence of my mom is in the hospital. I'm experiencing this firsthand. I happen to be on the healthcare side. I happen to see the insurance side and I have the ability to build a technology company and, and platform that can put these three things together. And it's, it's a, it's a, 
rare feat, but when it does come together, it's, it's incredible. So congrats on the success on this. And I, I wish that I could convince my family members to actually look forward and use things like this. I don't know if I'll be successful with it, but I certainly will try. But for the rest of us, for a person like myself, I will certainly be a user when the time and place comes and, and we appreciate you building something like this. Yeah, no, of, of course. And you know, the last thing I'd say, I'd say about that piece is, you know, oftentimes when we think about home-based care, we think about uh, elderly folks that, yeah. that need that care and want to age in place. And that's certainly a pressing need in, in, in America today. But what we find is that we're able to impact the patient journey at every stage of the patient's life cycle. You know, we provide right. breast pumps to expecting mothers, billy blankets to newborn babies, uh, crutches in a wheelchair for a 21-year-old that uh, tears their ACL playing sports, a CPAP machine for a 40-year-old with sleep apnea, and, you know, a wide array of respiratory mobility equipment and supplies for aging seniors. And so, you know, in that avenue, again, when we think about having the home be the primary place of care, when we think about enabling patients and their families to go home and stay at home, it's really doing so across the life cycle and supporting that at, at every juncture. It totally is. And that's, I, like I said, jokingly, as I get older, but the reality is I'll be using this a lot sooner than that. Yeah. Tomorrowshealth.com is where everyone listening to this can go and check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, Vijay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Of course. Really enjoyed it, Scott. Thanks for having me on. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com.